Welcome to the LMTP Low Man on the Totem Pole podcast. We're your tough love work friends talking you through your workplace woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer and freelancer using LinkedIn like it's Tinder, Katie MacDonald. And here's your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius, and keeping up on her social media like she's tracking Weight Watchers points, Heather MacArthur. Hi, Heather. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. We're walking listeners through strategies, attitude changes, and actions that put you in the driver's seat of your own career development. Most importantly, helping you understand what a successful, meaningful career looks like for you. It is my pleasure today to introduce you to Vicki Oliver. Vicki Oliver is a leading career development expert and the multi-best-selling author of five books, including 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions, named in the top 10 list of best books for HR interview prep, 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions and Power Sales Words, 301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions and Power Sales Words. How to Write It, Say It, and Sell It with Sizzle. These sound like awesome books, and as you listen to her today, I'm sure you're going to run out and grab them after this session, but she's lending her expertise to guide us through using social media to take job networking to a higher level, and as uh, Katie mentioned, this is not necessarily my area of expertise, so I love being able to get somebody that comes in that really swims in this lane, so welcome, Vicki. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit of how today's first impressions are mostly made in cyberspace. Right. So today, with social media being so prominent, you can expect that people will learn about you probably first online. And that poses fantastic opportunities and also some challenges. That's what I I was kind of noticing is I think maybe just a few years back, the big thing was, just make sure you don't do something stupid on um, right. your social media. <laughs> but now it's really turned into a, a, a true marketing tool for people. So you don't have to wait for someone to get excited about your resume on a piece of paper or to, you know, before it was just put your, your resume on a special color of paper so it stands out in a stack. Where now you really get to have a little bit more control over that. What are some of your tips to really using social media? Well, first of all, I'm a huge believer in LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, particularly if you happen to be looking for a job right now. I think LinkedIn is the go-to platform. Like all social media platforms, I always advocate that people spend a little time on it. Don't just upload your profile, you know, and a nice picture of yourself and feel like it's over because there are all kinds of bells and whistles that you can teach yourself and you will just learn them almost by osmosis if you just hop on there every single day. So that would be my first thought. Be there frequently. I was actually talking a uh, client through going out and starting his own business and wanted to know how to optimize his LinkedIn profile. And one of the things that I said, I- I'm curious to get your approach on this, Vicki, is following the hashtags that are pertinent to your industry or to what you're trying to build out, as well as just following certain leaders that really resonate with the message that you're trying to convey professionally as well. And you end up talking to people in the comments of those kinds of articles and uh, and aligning on 
those hashtags. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that is a fantastic idea. I always read about three to five different articles on LinkedIn every single day. And the ones that resonate with me, I absolutely, I make a comment. Um, I might forward them to people. It's just a way of engaging. It's not this passive entity. You're there, you're a real person, somebody real wrote the article, you know, and to engage with that person and start a dialogue on LinkedIn, I think is a fantastic entree. Absolutely. You know, Vic, there's a lot of different places and I, someone the other day, and I thought this was kind of useful because I said, you know, how do you boil it down? Because there's so many different platforms. And they said, for LinkedIn, consider that the place that you educate people. For Instagram, consider that where you entertain and Twitter, think of that where you engage. And Facebook is kind of where you let them know that you have a spot where they can reach out to you. Right. But, you know, I think it depends on your business and your business model. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I write business books, right? My clients are business people. So for me, LinkedIn has a little more preeminence in terms of my day, like how I want to spend my day. Facebook, for me, I have, you know, my real friends on Facebook, right? People I went to school with, college with, that type of thing. I'm not usually selling that much on Facebook. And I think that if you sell too much on Facebook and you have real friends there, it can kind of annoy them, you know? Sure. Twitter, though, I feel like is a fantastic place to start. If you have a marketing message, to put it on Twitter, you know, see if it's resonating on Twitter. And Instagram, I think, is probably for more visual types of businesses. I'm on Instagram a little bit, but more on the other three. Interesting. So you treat Twitter as a little bit of a proving ground to see if a particular message that you're workshopping for a a piece that you're writing uh, might actually resonate with a particular audience? I do. I try to use the the different uh, social media a little differently. And that to me is the one where I say, you know, this is kind of focus group research for me. And I try to, uh, you know, test different messages on Twitter and see if any of them are working. And, I mean, all of the social media are so easy to use. You know, that's the plus side of it. I mean, it's so easy, and you can meet so many thousands of people. Some of those people turn into clients. Now, I live and write in Manhattan, and there's a new a new-ish social media here. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but there's a new thing, and it's called Alignable. Alignable. And uh, I know, no one's heard of it, but um, (laughs) it's it's really good for, you know, I think for small business people, I consider myself to be an entrepreneur. I've written six books and I consider myself to be, you know, a small business person in Manhattan and I run a career consulting company and it allows you to meet other businesses in your neighborhood, Oh, yeah. Interesting. Isn't that cool? And so you put up a little profile. My profile for Alignable is completely different than my profile on the other ones because I'm, I'm focusing there on, you know, resume writing and cover letters, you know, my, my other business. And yes, and then you can meet people and then they can recommend you and then Alignable pops in and says, you know, do you want to take this to the next level? Do you want to meet the person for coffee? (laughs) 
Wow. And it's, wow. Business, yeah. it's business yeah. Tinder. They I know. It. Right up I know. I know. It's very micro. It's just, a, you know, a very, it's very like, sort of small right now. And I think it's fantastic. That is right that up is, Katie's alley. You were I, literally using it like Tinder style. And look at you. You're, you're going to swoop right in. Oh, I'm all about it. I'm looking up a lineable. Thank you, Vicki. That's You're very welcome. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, you know, to be on social media and not to think of it as a passive experience, but mm-hmm. to be active so that you can squeeze as much out of it as you can get in terms of building a business, I think is really important. And to curate those profiles differently is an excellent tip. I think that's that spurred me to maybe not be such a lurker, as they say on Twitter, and maybe actively reach out with some thoughts and use it as that testing ground. That's fantastic. Right. right. You can test things. Certain things may not work as well. Certain things will. It's an evolution. Right. It's an evolution. And it's kind of a safe space to do that, especially, I don't know what your thoughts are on the relative anonymity, especially Twitter seems a little bit more of a of a safe space to bring this out to people that you may not even necessarily be encountering live and in person all that often, whereas LinkedIn, you are more often networked to friends and friends of friends. Right. But Twitter gives you a chance to really test the theories and not just the connections. Yes, I agree with that. And I always feel like there's a little bit of a hierarchy. I mean, if somebody starts tweeting me a lot, you know, messages, I might suggest that they write to me on LinkedIn. If 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 it gets to be that I get to know them, I might, you know, upgrade them sort of to LinkedIn. And I feel like if, you know, the person actually becomes a friend, then I might say, okay, you know, let's become Facebook friends. <laughs> There's a tiered system. <laughs> I think it's interesting to try to, you know, to try, because at one point when I was writing a book proposal for one of my books, I was trying to count up the number of different contacts I had. And it, so at one point I had all of them in separate buckets, you know? So oh, I would, right. I would, like they, right, they so they I wouldn't double overlap. count. I didn't want to double count anybody, you know? Right. <laughs> when you're looking at the social media, because you mentioned before, you know, you see yourself as an entrepreneur, you're doing the books. And I find that there's really two different streams. And I get that this kind of popularity of really thinking more like an entrepreneur in every situation, or some people are coining the phrase entrepreneur, meaning you're entrepreneurial inside of the company. But when someone's truly a careerist in terms of going to work, wanting to work for a company, not wanting to do their own thing, do you recommend, because when I think of Facebook, I you know, yeah, for your own, only for your true friends, but also you can set up a business page and it does help with the marketing on that side. But if you're truly yes. just a careerist, do you have t- any tips or guidance of, look, if you're a careerist, think this. If you're truly an entrepreneur who's doing either a side gig or a full-on entrepreneur gig, think this. Yes. I mean, if you're working for a big company right now, I think you have to be careful what you put out there on social media, actually, because you don't want your own branding efforts for yourself to get in the way of what the company's branding is. So if you're working at a company, I think you have to be much more circumspect, much more careful about the types of messages that you put out there. You definitely have to be careful. People get into so much trouble by saying too much, you know, too much. Oh, I had a fight with my boss today, you know, whatever it is. So if you're working for somebody else, you really have to keep that in mind, unless, of course, you're their social media manager. If If you're tweeting, you know, as the company, then you're tweeting as the company. If you're tweeting as yourself, you're tweeting as yourself. So you have to be careful. 
Now, if you are an entrepreneur, as I am, I feel like, you know, certain things you should experiment with, like experiment with Facebook advertising. I found it to be very, very easy to use and very convenient to use. You know, for me, you you can target who you want to reach. You can test messages. I mean, it's really wonderful. So... I guess it just all depends on which hat you're wearing, you know, be professional, always be professional. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up, this idea, because I do think there's a little bit more of an, I mean, no matter what, personally, I don't think you should be complaining about your job on social media, period. Um, but you know, call a friend, but I do think that as you're working internally and I, you know, I go back to this, have a discussion with your manager of, look, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing to kind of up my professional profile what kind of considerations should I take into account? And, and we've discussed on other other uh, episodes that it depends on the relationship you have with your manager or even the savviness of your manager. But, it, it, you know, ideally you could have a discussion and go, you know, what are some things to consider? What have you seen that would be good to kind of up my, my reputation? And then that way as I'm navigating the company and trying to grow my career, how do I use this as a way, you know, for people to kind of get to know me? I also think you do have to consider, and it's unfortunate, but you do have to consider what's your company's culture at? Some company cultures are really, really into, we want you to grow, we want you to expand, we expect you to do so. There's others that are still of that old mindset of, you only demonstrate loyalty by being under our umbrella. And so these are things that you have to be honest with yourself. What are, what are you actually navigating? But I love your message around, think of the branding. If you work for a very family-centric company, consider what you're posting and whether or not that goes against brand. If you're working for a really cutting-edge company, how do you demonstrate that? I think you might have a little bit more freedom of license to be a little creative. Yeah. I think it's it's really true. You have to figure out if you are sort of the face of the brand or if you're not. Yeah. And that is only something you can learn by talking. If you're working at a company, you have to ask, you know, ask your supervisor, ask your bosses, you know, figure it out. But no matter what, you always want to be kind of an ambassador for your own professionalism. And, you know, basically you want to have posts that are friendly, that are easy to read, not too terribly time-consuming. Given the political climate, you probably want to stay away from politics. Yes. Uh, it shouldn't matter, but it does, because yeah. no matter which side you're on, you know, you're going to probably insult people on the other side if you get too political. So don't, you know, don't don't post about politics and don't opine on other people's posts, especially if you're working oh. for a company, I wouldn't. Mm. Yeah, you know, what I, what I like to throw out to people is ask yourself, are you willing to miss out or lose a job over this particular post? And if there's something that you've got strong convictions on, and you go, you know what, if they turn me down or if they let me go because I don't somehow fit into this norm, I'm right. fine to die on that sword. I, I, you know, As far as I'm concerned, if you're willing to take that risk, take it. Just know that you're always taking that risk, and I love that you're calling that out. You know, yeah. I, I, There's another side that you bring up that doesn't get talked up a lot, but how do you use career review sites such as Indeed and Glassdoor to really help your networking ar- ar- arsenal? Yeah, because we don't think of those as often as social media presences, but they are. If there's a way to leverage those rather than just passively submitting your application, uh, your submission or your application or your resume, I think that's a fantastic avenue to explore. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very, very interesting, um, those two sites. And I also really like Vault. I don't know if, oh. if you guys have been on Vault. Oh, wow, it's so good. The, the fact is, like today... 
there approximately are 250 resumes for every single job because partly, yeah, it's harder to get a job interview through, you know, social media sites. It's hard, like, let's say a job is posted and then you, you, you know, upload your resume. Well, you are competing against 249 other people just to be called in for that job interview. So it's super easy to do it, but it's also hard to just even get that in-person interview. It's just really, really difficult to do it. And so I think what one can do, going back to LinkedIn, what you can do is research keywords. Every single job has keywords that are associated with that particular posting. And you can change. You can change your resume. You know, you can target your resume for every single job, and I think you really should do that. So right. there'll be ninety percent of your resume or ninety-five percent of your resume will remain the same, but five percent of it you will be probably tweaking it and revising it to include additional keywords or take some out. I love that, and I, you know, something else that someone brought up, and I'd love to get your two cents on it. Not all jobs lend this lend uh, lend itself to this, but it's amazing how I even saw an accountant who started Instagram and a YouTube channel. And what they did is they were just giving out money tips. And here's this job that you wouldn't think you could really show or display on a visual medium like those two. But because they have that presence, when they apply to jobs, it's almost like they get to get a little bit of a visual interview before the person. And, you know, this comes down to they did, really did well and they really were educational in the way that they were doing it. So they, it's almost, you know, yeah, the resume stands out by the way that they write it using the keywords, but they're also, hey, this is what it would look like to work with me, and that se- they seem to get a lot of traction. What do you think? I, I like it. I think, I think, you know, especially today, people can find out every single thing about you, you know. They're going uh-huh. to find out what you look like, what you think, where you went to school, who your friends are, right? I mean, on LinkedIn and Facebook, you can see who everyone's friends are, who they're linked in with. You can tell all of these things. So I agree with that. I mean, if you can go and, you know, put some videos of yourself up on YouTube, why not? Do it. It's a selling tool. So do you have any, you know, I've got a few people who, it's interesting that you say that there's a few people who, you know, worry a little bit about hiring discrimination or, you know, concerned about having so much of their information out there. Look, if you don't have this much, like what's the bare minimum of what you'd say to somebody who's concerned about those things? I think the bare minimum is be on LinkedIn, be on Facebook, and be on Twitter. I think those are the minimum. You know, and you can just have your photograph there. You don't need to have a video of yourself there, you know? Um, and, and, but, you know, one thing, I mean, on LinkedIn, if you're looking for a job, you need to have every single thing filled in. You need your old experience there. You need your old jobs there. You need dates there. You need information that's there. It's an online resume, and somebody's going to be looking at it, maybe a hiring manager or maybe a a new boss of yours is going to be looking at it to see what your experience is. And instead of feeling terrified about it, realize that this is your opportunity to control your own messaging and your own story. Make the story as positive as it can be, and you control it. LinkedIn is the first place that they're going to look. 
That makes so much sense. Vicki, I love that uh, that you're bringing up specifically making sure that you have a fully fleshed out resume in LinkedIn. I can't tell you how many of uh, my colleagues and friends I've helped uh, polish up their resumes. The first place I go to fill in the gaps is LinkedIn. And often on their LinkedIn, they will just say, I worked at this company for these years. And then I worked at this company for these years. But they don't have those keywords in there. Right. Uh, they don't have, you know, they don't have the, uh, the, the fleshed out experience for what they've actually done and contributed to each role. So that's a perfect place to start and a really easy way to get your resume out front and center. I love that. Right. Now, if somebody uh, left a job, let's say you were fired from a job or you were let go from a job, you know, or maybe you moved across the country, you know, and you had to leave the job, right? I would recommend that that person, if they're looking for a job, I would recommend that they get testimonials from people that they used to work with. It's pretty easy to ask somebody to write you a testimonial. And if you're in the market for a job, I think you really need it. Now, another thing that LinkedIn has, they have, they have, um, like LinkedIn will send out to your contacts questions about you. And LinkedIn will say, like, for example, with me, I used to be in the advertising business before I started writing books. You know, advertising is probably somewhere on my online profile. LinkedIn will send out to all my contacts, you know, is Vicki, does she know anything about advertising, right? Right. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, and then your contacts can weigh in and, you know, sort of say yes and those are looked at also. So, again, if you're looking for a job and you want to prove, you know, prove you have that marketing expertise or whatever it is, that's another way to get it, to have it be on your profile. And so that LinkedIn asks all your contacts if you possess that quality, that trait, you know, that skill. And then your contacts say yes, and then you begin amalgamating those. And so a hiring manager will look at them and say, oh, okay, she has 91 people, you know, who say she knows advertising or whatever it is. Um, And that will also help you get the job. I love that. Let me ask you, if you were, you know, somebody who, let's just say that they're, maybe they're a little overwhelmed by this and they don't really swim in the lanes of social media. And, you know, you, you mentioned kind of the bare minimum of where they need to be present, but let's just say that even sounds overwhelming to me. What's the one thing that you'd go, okay, get this locked down at, you know, at the, you know, just to get you started, get you comfortable and get you swimming. I would, I still go back to LinkedIn and here's the beauty of it. When I first joined LinkedIn, my profile was very scant, you know, and I just joined it and I, you know, I lurked there for a while <laughs> and I didn't really, you know, and I didn't really do much, okay? And I, w- I was very quite passive about it. And then I said, you know, I think I'm going to beef up my profile, you know? And I started like paying attention and I put more facts into my profile. And then, you know, then you suddenly get more LinkedIn contacts. I mean, that's the other thing. Like a hiring manager will sort of say, oh, she has, you know, over 500 contacts. That's good. You know, if they look at a profile and they say, oh, she has one contact, that's a negative. So the great thing about it is, you know, you can take baby, baby steps, you know. Like today, you join it. Tomorrow, you work on your profile. Then five weeks later, you edit your profile and you bolster it a little bit. Maybe you get a better photograph of yourself taken or whatever. (laughs) And you start thinking about, you know, just, just improving it a little tiny bit. 
each week. And suddenly, it's really glowing. That is such an easy way to dip your toe in the water and get comfortable. I think that speaks perfectly to the uh, to Heather's question of how do you how do you get it started out? How do you actually just take that first leap? And it doesn't have to be a leap. It can it can be a little hop. <laughs> it can just be a, it can just be a little hop. Now I think I'm pretty sure that every time you update your profile, your online profile on LinkedIn, that it it sends it out to people. I may be wrong about that. It used to anyway. And you that's have the, the option. Yeah, you can control that in settings where do you want everybody to know that you've changed jobs, which is really nice, I think, because sometimes there's a sensitivity around possibly a uh, a fraught leaving of a uh, recent job for another job. Sometimes right. there's some, you know, s- there's some delicacy around that. So LinkedIn sure. is really beefing up their uh, their user experience uh, by making sure that everybody has the option to control their personalized settings as to who sees what, which is also phenomenal. No, that's really great. I mean, the other thing I always tell people is to be sure to include your other experience. Maybe you have fabulous volunteer work that you're doing. Maybe the volunteer work brings out different skills that you have than your main job. So don't forget about that stuff, too. You know, add that. It's not extraneous. It really rounds you out. I think there's two great things there that I want to touch on. Katie talking about the different things that LinkedIn is setting you up on what people can see and what people can't. And I just want to throw out there to be thoughtful of, do you want people seeing that you're searching their profiles or do you want that to be invisible? And I think sometimes if you start looking for work or you're checking up to see if someone's still working somewhere, you want to make that maybe not visible. Or if you, <laughs> if you want people to know, hey, I'm, I'm reaching out, I'm looking, I'm about to talk to you and I'm active then maybe you do want to make that visible. But I've seen sometimes where I'm about to go into a meeting and and, and that's fine. Like someone, someone looks to see who's this lady I'm meeting with. And I love it because I get to see, okay, this person's interested. They've got my background. I'm not going to kill them with a big intro, but just something to think about. And then I love Vicky, what you just said about putting all your experience, because I think that's the thing about a resume. The resume really should be um, this kind of one max page and a half of like, here's the stuff that's relevant to the job I'm applying for. But with LinkedIn, you really get to kind of show this, here's who I am on a three-dimensional professional level. And the thing that I I tend to, you know, push for is to have people really write their career story versus just a, here's a things to do list of my work history, like Katie was mentioning. Is there any recommendations you have? Let's say I hate writing. This is not my bag. I've recommended to people before either get someone who's a professional, finding someone on Fiverr that is interested in doing those types of things. Or the, the great thing is LinkedIn's got the career coaching consultants that you can reach out to. Do you have a recommendation that you've seen work? I don't have a specific recommendation for like a person that I can recommend to redo somebody's LinkedIn profile. But this is what I can say. When you start tweaking it, A lot of people, if people are reaching out to you based on your LinkedIn profile, you're doing a great job. Mm. And to keep tweaking it and playing with it and massaging it so that more people will reach out to you. I just want to also go back to something you said about looking up people because I think that's a great point. It, you know, you can either be invisible and look up people and they don't know you look them up or it, you can, you know, show Every time you look up somebody. So you have to be a little bit careful 
when you're looking for a job because you don't want to keep going back to the person's profile because then they're <laughs> going to feel like you're stalking them. I mean, you know, polite, polite interest is fantastic, but stalking is not fantastic, right? No. So I would say look them up once, and then if you really have to do it a second time, do it a second time and take notes when you're doing it if that's what you take. Or take, take your phone, take a photograph of their page so that you can look at it on your phone and not and not show that you've seen it a third, fourth, fifth time. You you know, do something so that it doesn't look like because every time you go to that person's profile, the person's going to know that you went there. So yeah. you really want to go just once. That would be the ideal thing, go once. <laughs> then take a photograph of it if you have to or take notes so that you don't have to keep doing that. I love that you bring that up because I discovered that LinkedIn has what Facebook has, which is you can block someone. Because I had someone who was looking me up on a regular basis and uh, liking a lot of things, but it was almost like on a daily basis looking at my profile. And I'm like, I know there's nothing that interesting. And so, uh, <laughs> and, I, and you're not hiring me for anything. So I'm going to go ahead and tap out of this experience. But what okay, I, um, good, right. <laughs> but uh, stalking aside, um, something else, and this is this is interesting because we're talking about social media from like, what kind of presence do you have? But I was working with some people, and some something that's really worked well for them as they were looking for jobs are finding recruiters from key companies that they're interested in, sending an email to that recruiter and saying, hey, I don't know if you're the right person. Here's my background. Here's my love for the company. You know, if, if there's an opportunity or if there's someone that, that I could get in contact with in my area that you think might be helpful. What I have found is recruiters are on the hunt for quality candidates. They're always trying to fill headcount. Now, you've got to go in there with a thoughtful message and, once again, not hound them. I say one message and you're done. If they don't respond, they don't respond. But to me, those are the people that are the ones looking for the kind of candidates that they need to fill headcount. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a great idea, but I also want to say there's sort of a caution with it. Sometimes people say in their LinkedIn profile whether or not they want to be contacted through LinkedIn for things like that. Mm, so I would say sorry. go on, look at their profile, really spend the time to read through it and make sure they're not saying to not contact them there. Because sometimes yeah. people don't want to be contacted there, and then if you're doing it, you're kind of violating them, you know. So sure. just check it out. But, I mean, yeah, if it doesn't say that, sure, why not? I love it. And while you're on there the first time, make sure to get that screenshot so you don't Absolutely. have to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to circle back. I actually wrote it down that Vicky threw out the golden phrase, you are an ambassador for your own professionalism. And really what this boils down to in terms of social media usage to make sure that you are representing yourself as professionally and accurately and glowingly as possible is to have that idea that you are your ambassador for your own professionalism across all platforms. Vicki, I love it. I want to make that the tag for this episode. <laughs> okay, I love it too. It sounds good. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, for example, you don't want any typos, right? I think that acronyms can sometimes be a problem. Um, you know, mm. you've got to look at it. Have I made typos? Do I have a lot of gobbledygook acronyms that nobody can understand? Is it skipping weird spaces? Does it look professional? You know, the write-up, does it look professional? How does my photograph look? Does it look professional? And then when you get online, are you saying things that you, you know, will be proud of later? 
the whole idea of an elevator pitch, being able to give an idea to somebody of what you do and what you're looking to do and who you're looking to partner with in what you have 30 seconds or less usually for an elevator pitch. Where are some appropriate where on the across the social media platforms, where would you recommend having a non jargony, straightforward blurb? snippet that says what you do and what you're about? I would put it on your online profile. If you're looking for a job, I think might think about putting it first in your online mm-hmm. profile, just what you're looking for. You know, it's sort of like the old-fashioned resume objective, you know, what you're looking uh-huh. for. And I think that's a place you can put it. I also think you can not have it there and just post what you're looking for also. I think it's flexible, but I just want to say that about the elevator pitch, because I'm not a gigantic fan of the elevator pitch. Um, and oh. the reason, the reason being, you know, if you think about it, a pitch is like a, is like a commercial. It's a commercial. Uh-huh. But I think it would be better to be in a dialogue with somebody. I think it would be better to sort of entice somebody with some fantastic experience that you have on your online profile and then get into a dialogue with them. Maybe they, you know, somebody's posting an article and you comment on the article and there's thoughtful commentary back and forth and you're in a dialogue with that person and then say what it is you're looking for. I think that's a better way to go myself because I think what you want what you all social media is kind of an advertising platform until you get into a conversation with someone. And once you get into a conversation with someone, you can take it further. And it may be much more helpful to you to be in a conversation. So you don't want to be so addy. So when I think, when I think about the elevator pitch, I always think of somebody in an elevator, like just blabbing at me, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like uh, it's a it's a sweaty pitch. Right, right, yeah. Right. No, we don't want to do, we don't want to advocate that. <laughs> right. You know. And, yeah. You're at the top floor, and the time is up, and the other person hasn't said a word, so you don't want to be like that. <laughs> right. Well, and I love that because what we talk a lot about is it's not about what we do for me; it's what can we do together. And I think that as you talk about that dialogue, I think that's also, I mean, case in point, look what we're on. We're on a podcast, and that was what Katie and I love doing is setting up these dialogues because people, I think learn a lot more, they get exposed to a lot more. And I think that that give and take is what makes people want to work with you. They don't feel this kind of neediness or desperation. And I always say, if you don't want it in dating, well, people don't want it in their work life either. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. No stalking and uh, no desperation. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's another way that LinkedIn does not need to be like Tinder. Exactly. (laughs) Necessarily. Exactly. (laughs) Well, fantastic. Well, speaking of all of the platforms and uh, ways that we can reach out and start that dialogue, we want to continue to hear from you. Last episode, we did uh, listener questions, and we'd love to hear some more of those, especially if you have any follow-ups for what we've uh, had the chance to talk about with Vicky today. Uh, If you have a question or story you want to share that has anything to do with what we've talked about on the show, or if you want to hear us discuss something new coming up in the next couple of episodes, tweet us at... LMTP Consulting, message us on Instagram, low man on the totem pole, all one word, or email us, lmtppodcast at gmail.com. And please, 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 I fully advocate, check out some of Vicky's amazing work, including 301 Smart Answers to Tough Interview Questions. 
301 Smart Answers to Tough Business Etiquette Questions, and Power Sales Words, How to Write It, Say It, and Sell It with Sizzle. And to find out more about what uh, Vicky's up to and some of her other work, uh, check her out on VickiOliver.com. All right, Vicky, thank you so much for joining us today. I learned so much. I'm going to go out and be an ambassador for my own profession. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I thought that our conversation was great, fruitful, and fun. Thank you. Thanks, Vicky. Likewise, all of the above. <laughs> Thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. 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 